Hello, trading friends, and welcome back to the Tasty Live Network for yet another edition, a special Thursday edition of In This Economy. I'm your host, Frank Caberna, bringing you a nice precursor, I think it's a nice precursor, to tomorrow's non-farm payrolls. Just when you thought it was safe, we were going to go into the end of the week. So much activity this week, especially the last couple of hours. And then uh, yesterday, also a very active day. Um, not going to be a boring Friday, my friends, and I'm going to get you all prepared for that because we do have a weirdly late non-farm payrolls coming out tomorrow morning and nfp has been more important than it's been in years uh, of late as inflation has moved higher non-farm payroll definitely under the microscope but we'll get into all of that here in a second um, why don't we go into our slides and actually show the people what we're talking about here today, if you wouldn't mind. There it is. Um, we're going to talk about what non-farm payrolls mean as a concept, but then also as uh, a uh, this happens so often with certain um, economic numbers like NFP or like inflation recently um, and, and uh, you know, different metrics around our economy that go in and out of vogue. And right now, um, unemployment numbers are very, very important, moving markets around a lot. Uh, and they take on different meanings at different times. Uh, when the economy's not doing so hot, you'll look to a payrolls number like this to be like, man, I hope we didn't lose so many jobs this month, because that would be a nice sentiment in the upward direction for the stock market. Right now, very different, whereby uh, we're looking for payroll numbers to come in as low as possible, because those high numbers have been indicating higher inflation and greater fears for our stock markets and everything else. So uh, we'll talk about not only what the number itself means, but what it means specifically in today's economy. Also going to uh, get a quick wheat update. Uh, thanks to my friend Tony Batista for shouting out on uh, Twitter that it looks like wheat's going out of business. Uh, a definitely a bad stretch for wheat the last several months. We'll dissect the movement in that commodity, especially as we get into spring and summer volatile time for agriculture markets, mainly corn and soybeans. But wheat will increase in volatility over the spring and summer as well. And we'll finish it off with Bank of Japan rates. BOJ has a rate decision tonight. Uh, and actually just a few hours from now, another data release that'll be quite important for our overall economy. Obviously, interest rates in Japan don't mean so much for the U.S., but if they come in hawkish, they're talking about raising rates. That'll mean a lot for the Japanese yen, which will mean something for the U.S. dollar, which might mean something for U.S. rates and everything else. And of course, those affect our stock market, always connected here. So don't write off that Bank of Japan meeting tonight, because you might wake up tomorrow, see some big shifts, and wonder what the heck went on during the Asian session. So we'll dive into that, give you a little precursor that but first, let's dive into what's been moving here today. So much activity 
honestly, if you haven't been trading in the last uh, couple of weeks, you know, we put in those lows in the stock market in October, November, and then we bounced back and it's been relatively boring since then. The last 48 hours have been very, very exciting. Big, big moves in our stock market, especially and big intraday moves. Uh, I believe it's twice now this week and the week ain't over yet, where the stock market is coming into the U.S. session unchanged, a little bit positive, and then closes the day, depending on what your index you're looking at, one to two percentage points lower, um, especially that Russell getting absolutely smashed. And then as we get later into the day today, NASDAQ getting hit uh, quite hard as well. So much shifting in our economy. And uh, I was a little bit hard pressed to find any positive stocks. The uh, best performing stock in the NASDAQ, Intel, up less than a percentage point today. One of, I believe, three stocks in the NASDAQ 100 that were green here today. Netflix, the worst performer, down 5%, which might come across as like, oh man, it must not have been that bad of a day if the worst performing stock was down 5%. Um, but it was a pretty big down day here for the stock market. And that's owing to a lot of stocks being down one, two, three, four percent, uh, which tells you that it's it's really a, an economic move. It's it's a it's a broad uh, asset class wide move there, uh, not specifically like oh Google's down ten percent on earnings. No, this is some shifts in the economy, uh, getting a little bit more fearful there in the stock market, in the commodities market. Uh, I, I threw Bitcoin. We don't really know still what Bitcoin is. If you weren't checking in on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin down 7% today. They smashed this thing in the middle of the U.S. session and then really took it down to the lows going into the close. Uh, not a bounce to be had in that crypto market as Bitcoin lost more than a thousand bucks here today, down 7%. Gold, the bright spot in the commodities space, uh, up a percentage point, a nice bounce uh, coming off of the last week, which has been really rough for precious metals. In the Forex space, maybe a little anticipation of some hawkishness out of the Bank of Japan tonight. They're not likely to raise rates, but people may be expecting that they talk about rates going higher uh, in the near future, and that's been good for almost a percentage point higher in Japanese yen. Canadian dollar can't catch a bid if you look at that chart. Um, a lot of interesting stuff going in, on in Forex. Uh, Canadian dollar back to its lows for the last couple of years here. That chart uh, makes that market look like an absolute pig. But getting to those extremes that people might find interesting for uh, picking up some exposure or trading some options around it. But let's get into our main segment for today. It's non-farm payrolls. What does it mean? What does it mean in today's economy? And how might we look to trade it depending on the number that we get tomorrow morning? Non-farm payrolls is a measure of workers in the U.S. excluding, guess what, farming, also non-for-profit and active military. But it is so named because when it was created, it was a big deal to, to exclude farming and take a, uh, a pulse reading of uh, employment outside of what was a huge space. Farming is still a, agriculture, a huge space here in the U.S., but now essentially this number uh, being synonymous with 
the totality of employment, for lack of a better term. Uh, the number itself comes in usually the first Friday of the month, this one being a weird one because that first Friday was uh, fell on such a particular day here in March uh, that it was so early in the month that they kicked it to the second week. But either way, early in the month on a Friday morning, they will report how much employment rose or fell by. And so in poor economic times, when un unemployment rates are increasing, you might see a negative, you know, 100,000, negative 200,000 on the whole net on net economy losing jobs, losing workers, quite the opposite of what we've been getting recently, which is huge, huge job growth. Um, and that's been leading into the inflation problem that we'll get to here in a second. But just to put a bow on what this exactly is, number that comes out early in the month lets you know how much uh, employment rose or fell by. And you can see the most recent number was, uh, it came out the first week of February, and it said in January, we saw growth of 517,000 jobs, which is a big number. Usually anything outside of 100 or 200,000 jobs, positive or negative, is something to write home about. And this is done by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Will occur tomorrow at 7.30 Central Time, 8.30 Eastern. And used to be considered the highlight economic number of a given month. And actually, it's regained a lot of that status. This is a cyclical type thing, similar to the FOMC event or inflation readings. When, uh, you know, inflation is low, when it's at 1% or so, no one really cares that much about the monthly inflation readings. When inflation is high or when it's getting really low, when it's negative, people really want to watch that thing because it'll move around all the different markets. It, it creates volatility. Non-farm payroll is very similar. Um, when job growth is relatively unchanged and, and uh, we will get readings of, oh, it grew by uh, 20,000 jobs uh, here in our very populous United States, doesn't mean that much. And so the number will shake around the stock market for sometimes as few as a couple of seconds will maybe move the S&P 500 five, ten dollars um, and then everyone will move on. Not the case recently, given all of the fear around inflation, where that's going to, oh, how much do they need to hike interest rates? This has become a very important number once again and will likely move around the stock market, uh, going back to that S&P as an example, probably at least 10 to 20 bucks right off the number and really could create some uh, static, as we'll get to here in a second, the most recent reading really shook up markets, not only on that day, but to follow. Here's some context going into this coming non-farm payrolls tomorrow morning. Um, we've been pretty consistently above 250,000 uh, jobs to the upside. That's 250, adding 250,000 jobs uh, every month for the last year, which on the face of it would be a positive uh, economic indicator, right? Oh, we're reducing the unemployment rate. We're adding more jobs, everything is great. And then you see here in January, uh, you double that, you know, 250K, uh, north of 500,000 jobs added. You would expect that that's 
a really, really good thing for economy. Stocks must be screaming higher. Companies are doing well. People are doing well. Everything else, not the case. Of course, once again, this is a common theme on the show that textbooks are great. They help you learn economic uh uh, basics and foundations, but what's going on in the actual economy is always more nuanced, always more gray area. Um, this NFP number, the non-farm payrolls, has become an inflation number uh, in the last year or two here. And so when we saw that spike in January of 500,000 jobs added, and we were expected to have around what we've been seeing, you know, 250,000, um, that set interest rates are much lower, as we'll see in a second, um, given that, man, if we're adding this many jobs, that means money is still flying around. That means inflation is still rampant. And we thought inflation was coming lower. I have here with every monthly non-farm payroll, the monthly inflation number. And you can see that both of them from August until December were trending lower. We had inflation readings of 8.3%, 8.2% down into the seven handle and then down into the six handle. And then you saw non-farm payrolls, 350K, 350K, down to 325K, under 300, down to 260. January was supposed to come in around that level or lower, indicating that we'd peaked in inflation um, and, and we were trending in the right direction. And that's what interest rates were telling us and stocks were telling us as well. As you can see here, along with that trend of uh, around September until uh, the most recent reading here in January, Feb, interest rates peaked around that time and started to level off uh, just like we saw these readings here, right? Um, interest rates had put in that high of close to 5% and then came all the way back down to 4% right there at that red dot is to a T, the day that non-farm, the most recent non-farm came out at more than double what was expected. And that sent on that day, interest rates screaming higher. And then since then, we've put in new highs in interest rates. Um, like I've been saying, non-farm payrolls, very, very important number of late and how we've been contextualizing it as an economy has been more jobs than expected, that means more potential inflation, and that means bad things for stocks, good things for interest rates in terms of bullish interest rate activity. Um, the stock action has become a little less direct. It's, be, it's still become very direct here for interest rates, and I would expect that if tomorrow the non-farm number comes in higher than expected, interest rates will probably uh, have a knee-jerk reaction to the upside. But stocks, you'll see here, uh, lining up that same time frame of the most recent uh, non-farm payroll there of February in the stock market, you see that stocks have come off since then. They've moved lower since that non-farm, but they didn't sink back down to their lows uh, for the last year, whereas interest rates skyrocketed through their highs. And so tomorrow's number coming in expected at 205,000, which is less than half of what we got in the last reading. Um, for interest rates, if we come in, if we come in within, you know, 30, 40,000 of that number, maybe it's not a big mover one way or the other. 
if payrolls get up to 250 or 300,000, I think you would likely, given historical action, see stocks move higher, or sorry, stocks move lower and interest rates move higher. If you get a non-farm payrolls number here um, that is much lower than expected, if it's down at 150 or 100,000 levels that we haven't seen in more than a year, um, I think that that would quell some inflation fears, given historically how this number has been digested over the last year. Um, inflation fears would be quelled, I think, a fair amount with a lower than expected non-farm number, which could send interest rates um, quite lower and stocks uh, back to their highs. A very interesting time for non-farm payrolls here. Uh, that, that expectation, like I say, for tomorrow morning, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern at 205,000. If you jump on Twitter around that time and you see a number trending like 300K or 400K, um, you might be expecting interest rates to move on to new highs and stocks moving lower in the opposite direction. A lower than expected non-farm number tomorrow could uh, likely be a very optimistic note for the stock market and send interest rates further away from their highs. But there you have it. That's your non-farm update going into uh, again, a, a nice gift here for us uh, in almost mid-March is a, a non-farm payroll number on our board. Um, just when you thought you had gotten all the activity out of the stock market here on Thursday afternoon, really nice to see a big, important number on Friday morning. There will be plenty of activity tomorrow. We'll see if there's more activity in the world of wheat. This market down below 7 bucks for the first time in over a year got all the way up to twelve thirteen dollars uh in the start and middle part of 2022 and keep in mind that we are entering that same seasonal uh volatility area you can see the big spikes back and forth in uh march april may june and july in wheat we're just about to enter that part of the year and so likely going to see some volatility in the wheat market but until now, at least, it's all been downside. And uh, got to give you some fuller context that as recently as about two years ago, um, this agriculture market, wheat, was under five bucks. So while $7 looks cheap for the last year and a quarter of trading, um, can go much lower. And we were stuck in some doldrums in uh, the late 2010s where uh, wheat was trading below $4 even. So we'll see where we go from here. This chart looks pretty ugly, um, maybe worth taking a look at some put options or some uh, different strategies in uh, the wheat option world. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's been a rough go here for wheat. We'll see if that seasonal volatility brings it back higher to eight, nine and 10 bucks or brings it back uh, down to its lows of 2018 and 2019 below $4 even. Uh, definitely keeping this on my board as we enter uh, spring and summer here. Another one that'll be on my board as we enter just tonight is uh, the Japanese yen. Bank of Japan expected to keep rates tonight at negative 10 basis points. They've been stuck on negative for the last couple of years. Um, but the Japanese 10-year rate has edged towards its highs. Um, and that's been since about December time, 
interest rates in the 10-year have gone from close to 0% to uh, 50 basis points, which doesn't seem like a lot, but you'll note that that December 2022 until recently has been a bullish period for Japanese yen, and today a nice uptick for Japanese yen. Basically, what you need to know going into tonight's rate decision is they're expected to keep their interest rates at negative 10 basis points, but if they're starting to talk up, oh, we're seeing some inflation here in Japan, we're going to increase our interest rates uh, sometime soon, that would be bullish for the yen. If they flip-flop the other way and they say, oh, we're still you know, keeping interest rates where they're at, they come out with what's a, a dovish tone, um, you might see this yen give away even more ground as the U.S. dollar has been on quite a bull run the last couple of weeks. But, my friends, that'll do it for today's episode of In This Economy, and that'll do it for this week in this economy, uh, as I will be out until Monday late afternoon. But as always, thanks so much for watching the show, and stay tuned for more Tasty Live content coming at you here in a second. Have a great trade, everybody. Peace. The content of this podcast is created, produced, and provided solely by Tasty Life Inc. and does not represent the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliated companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be trading or investment advice or a recommendation that any security, futures contract, digital asset, other product, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities, futures products, and digital assets involve risk and may result in a loss greater than the original amount invested. Tasty Live Inc., through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided may not be appropriate for all investors and is provided without respect to individual investor financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tasty Live Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.